seriously popular. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, the trial of the NHS nurse Lucy Letby is continuing at Manchester Crown Court. She wept as she told the court that she was devastated at being accused of murdering seven young babies and the attempted murder of ten others. Asked by her defence lawyer if she'd done anything wrong, no, she replied. She told the jury that she'd only ever done her best to care for the babies. This is a podcast about one of the most anticipated criminal trials for years. It involves the most shocking of allegations the alleged murders and attempted murders of tiny, premature babies at the hands of a neonatal nurse whose very job it was to look after them. Lucy Letby is on trial at Manchester Crown Court, accused of killing seven newborns and injuring ten more at the Countess of Chester Hospital in Cheshire. The jury has now been sitting for almost nine months. The prosecution and the defence have both finished outlining their cases now and the jury will shortly be asked to decide whether Lucy Letby is guilty or not guilty of the 22 charges that she faces. I'm Liz Hull, Northern Correspondent for The Mail. I will be in court to report on the case as it develops. And I'm Caroline Cheatham, a broadcast journalist. Every week, we'll examine what's happened and bring you the details behind the headlines. This is the trial of Lucy Letby. So last week, Lucy Letby finished giving her evidence, and this week we'll hear her barrister close her case. Regular listeners will know that the babies in this trial are not being named for legal reasons, and the identities of their families are also being protected. So we're calling them Babies A to Q. This podcast will go further than the headlines and news reports, but at times you might wonder why we aren't bringing you more detail. That's because we can only tell you what the jury have heard, and that's to preserve the integrity of a fair trial. Seven of the babies died, ten survived. Every one of these babies is someone's son or daughter, and the mums, dads and families of every baby are present in court, listening to every detail of how their child was allegedly killed or harmed. In this episode, the defence call their only witness to answer questions about claims the neonatal unit was dirty with raw sewage spewing out of sinks. We'll hear the conclusion of all the evidence in the case. And we'll bring you what the judge said to the jury. We'll explain how we urged them not to become detectives and to cast aside their emotions when deciding Lucy Letby's fate. Welcome to episode 41, The End of the Evidence. (laughs) 
So in our special episode last Wednesday, we brought you the end of Lucy Letby's cross-examination and the conclusion of her evidence. Her barrister, Ben Myers KC, then called his only witness. This was the estates and plumbing manager at the Countess of Chester Hospital. Now, this was because he wanted to ask him questions about something Lucy Letby told the jury during her evidence from a few weeks ago. She told the jury that on at least one occasion, raw sewage spilled out of the sinks in the intensive care nursery, that's nursery one, and she suggested this could have been relevant to why the babies collapsed and died. Here's what she said. The fact that the unit was dirty and staff were unable to wash their hands properly, potentially that's not a safe environment. And three days before she was moved off the unit, following the deaths of triplets baby O and baby P at the end of June 2016, she also sent a text to a friend about the same issue. There was shit coming out of sink in two on sat, and the toilets overflowing. I think the unit needs properly assessing. I don't think equipment gets clean properly, and we haven't got the space, facilities, etc. to maintain hygiene. So Mr Myers called Lorenzo Mansuti the estates manager at the Countess, who's worked at the hospital for 37 years to give evidence to the jury. Now, he said drainage issues were a weekly issue at the Women and Children's Building at the hospital, which is more than 50 years old. And he explained the building has old cast iron pipes that are prone to cracking. And in 2015 and 2016, wastewater sometimes backed up and came out of the toilets and sinks on the unit and the nearby delivery suite, which were both on the ground floor. Mr Mansuti said that on one occasion, a blocked pipe in the maternity ward upstairs resulted in foul water coming out of the sink in the intensive care nursery. Now, he said he thought the incident was a one-off, but admitted he couldn't recall exactly when it happened and confirmed it had not been logged in any formal way. Foul is a generic term for what goes down toilets and wash basins. Yes. Human waste? Yes. Sewage? Yes, we did some work afterwards. We diverted some sewage pipes from that area. And the jury was told that on at least four other occasions in the 12 months between June 2015 and July 2016, when Lucy Letby was allegedly killing and harming babies in her care, plumbers were called out to flooding or draining issues on the unit. On one of those occasions, in January 2016, staff were forced to close Nursery 4 because the floor had completely flooded. The problem was caused by pieces of cloth being stuffed down a hand basin plug hole and a formal incident report was submitted to the managers. Other service reports sent to the estate office detailed call-outs for more flooding in October 2015, blocked sinks in the high-dependency nursery and a kitchen in March 2016, and water filter and ceiling valve checks in July 2016. But Mr Mansuti insisted that at no point over that 12-month period were staff unable to wash their hands because the hospital had backup portable hand-washing units on site. And in any case, these had never needed to be deployed to the neonatal unit, he said. Now, Liz, Mr Mansuti was the only witness who was called by Mr Myers, apart from Lucy Letby herself, in her defence. Yes, Mr Myers then got to his feet and closed his case. Addressing the judge, he said simply, My lord, that's the case for Miss Letby. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that. 
trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So we've now reached quite a crucial stage in this trial because the judge, Mr. Justice Goss, then told the jury that was it as far as the evidence is concerned. Yes, he said that after more than eight months, they'd finally heard all the evidence in the case. So what happens next? Over the next couple of weeks, the jury will get to hear two speeches, one from the lead prosecutor, Nick Johnson Casey, who will summarise why, the prosecution say, Lucy Letby is guilty of the 22 charges she's facing. Then it will be the turn of Mr Myers to explain why, she says, she did not kill or harm any babies in her care. These speeches are expected to take several days each and will then be followed by the judges summing up. That's his summary of the evidence as they've heard it. But before all of that, the judge told the jury that he'd be giving them some directions on the law. And he spent half an hour on Thursday explaining exactly how they should assess the evidence and go about their deliberations in order to decide whether Lucy Letby is guilty or innocent. He reminded them that Lucy Letby is accused of seven counts of murder and 15 counts of attempted murder. He said she allegedly killed or seriously harmed the babies in various ways. By injecting air into their circulation. By putting air or milk into their stomachs via their nasal feeding tubes. By adding insulin to their IV feeds. By interfering with their breathing tubes. By using force to assault them. Mr Justice Goss said the jury must assess what happened to the 17 babies in the trial and decide whether Lucy Letby is guilty or innocent of the charges on the indictment relating to them. He reminded the jury that for some of the children, she's facing more than one attempted murder charge because it's alleged she tried to kill them multiple times. His words are voiced by an actor. You have to consider the cases of the 17 babies and return verdicts on each charge on the indictment to which they relate. And, subject to what I say in relation to circumstantial evidence, you should consider the evidence in relation to each charge separately. You and you alone are the judges of the facts and the conclusions to be drawn from the facts. You decide the case on, and only on, all the evidence placed before you. There will be no more, and you must not speculate about what other evidence there might have been. He told the eight women and four men on the jury that it was only natural for them, as human beings, to be horrified by the allegations. But he said they must put aside any emotion, feelings of sympathy and antipathy, when reaching their verdicts. It is instinctive for anyone to react with horror to any allegation of deliberately harming, let alone killing, a child. The more so a vulnerable, premature baby. You will naturally feel sympathy for all the parents in this case particularly those who have lost a child and the harrowing circumstances of their deaths. You must, however, 
judge the case on all the evidence in the case in a fair, calm, objective, and analytical way, applying your knowledge of human behavior, how people act and react, using your common sense and collective good judgment in your assessment of the evidence and the conclusions to be drawn from it. He reminded them the evidence had taken several forms. As direct evidence from witnesses or read as statements. Documentary evidence. Digital material. And agreed facts. He said that where there'd been a conflict in the evidence, for example, a difference between a witness and Lucy Letby's version of events, it was up to them to decide which was the most truthful and reliable. But he stressed that they should not become detectives. It's not your job to resolve every conflict in the evidence, or determine exactly what happened, or be sure of the motive for causing deliberate harm, he said. You are not detectives. If you are sure that someone on the unit was deliberately harming a baby or babies, you do not have to be sure of the precise harmful act or acts. In some instances, there may have been more than one. To find the defendant guilty, however, you must be sure that she deliberately did some harmful act to the baby, and the act or acts was accompanied by the intent and, in the case of murder, was causative of death. Motives for criminal behaviour are sometimes complex and not always clear. You only have to make decisions on those matters that will enable you to say whether the defendant is guilty or not of the particular charge you are considering. Any decision you do make must be based on evidence and not speculation. The judge said that in the coming days he would summarise the evidence they'd heard over the past eight months. But he stressed it would be impossible to go over everything and that it was up to them to decide what the most relevant and important pieces of evidence were. And he also spoke to them, Liz, about circumstantial evidence and what he called the unlikelihood of coincidence. Yes, he explained to them that in this case the prosecution relies substantially, although not completely, on circumstantial evidence. He explained these are pieces of evidence which on their own would not be enough to prove Lucy Letby's guilt, but which, when taken together, the prosecution say, are enough to conclude she's guilty as charged. He reminded the jury that Lucy Letby had been the only member of nursing and clinical staff on duty each time the collapses of all the babies occurred. If you are satisfied so that you are sure, in the case of any baby, that they were deliberately harmed by the defendant, then you are entitled to consider how likely it is that other babies in the case, who suffered unexpected collapses, did so as a result of some unexplained or natural cause, rather than as a consequence of some deliberate harmful act by someone. If you conclude that this is unlikely, then you could, if you think it right, treat the evidence of that event and any others, if any, which you find were a consequence of a deliberate harmful act, as supporting evidence in the cases of other babies, and that the defendant was the person responsible. And in doing this, the judge said, they should consider how similar or dissimilar the manner of the baby's collapses were. He also stressed that it was for the prosecution to prove Lucy Letby's guilt. It was not up to her to prove her innocence. He then turned his attention to the specific offences and began with the seven charges of murder against baby A, baby C, baby D, baby E, baby I, baby O and baby P. He said they should find her guilty if, by an unlawful act, she caused the death of any of the children with the intention of killing or causing serious harm. He said that while the unlawful act did not have to be the sole cause of the child's death, 
it must be a substantial or more than minimal cause. On each count of murder, he told the jury they should ask themselves the following questions. Are we sure that Lucy Letby did some harmful act or acts to the child who died? Are we sure that the act or acts of Lucy Letby was a substantial cause of death of the child and that it was more than a minimal cause? Are we sure that when she did the act or acts, she intended to kill or cause some really serious harm? He said that if their answer was yes to all three questions, they should find her guilty. But if their answer was no to any of the questions, their verdict must be not guilty. The judge then turned to the 15 charges of attempted murder, which relate to the 10 other alleged victims on the indictment or charge sheet. He explained that Lucy Letby was guilty of attempted murder if, with the intention of unlawfully killing a child, she did something which was more than merely preparatory to killing that child. He said that unlike murder, it was not enough to find that she'd intended to cause really serious harm. They had to be sure her intention was to kill. On each count of attempted murder, he told them they should ask themselves the following questions. Are we sure that Lucy Letby intended to kill the child? Are we sure that she did an act or acts that was more than merely preparatory to killing the child? He said that if their answer was yes to both questions, they should find her guilty. But if their answer was no to any of the questions, they must find her not guilty, he said. Finally, the judge reminded the jury that it was Lucy Letby's case that she did nothing inappropriate let alone harmful to any child. Her case is that the sudden collapses and deaths were, or may have been, from natural causes, or for some unascertained reason, or from some failure to provide appropriate care, and were not attributable to any deliberate harmful act by her. So that's it for episode 41. We'll be back to bring you the closing speech of Prosecutor Nick Johnson, KC. I'll be in court to listen to the evidence and you can read my reports in the mail and on Mel Plus. You can also follow me on Twitter at Liz Hull. You can give us a rating and you can share the podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Lucy Letby Trial or follow me at Radio Caroline or send us an email at thetrialoflucyletby at gmail.com. See you then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 